Hello, and welcome to CineDrunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema and alcohol. Brought to you by Cinemunch.com. I'm your host, Matt, joined by Nathan and Elizabeth, who are trying to clink their Moscow Mule mugs. Yeah. This is part three Very of our best of 2017 podcast. Yeah, which is why we were real about clinking glasses, because yeah. we're on podcast number three. Um, we, this year, in our sort of supplemental to our top ten... When we're deciding what we wanted to talk about, we wanted to talk about some individual performances and find sort of a consensus supporting actress, actor, best actor, actress, and then some weird cinnamunchy classics uh, because there were a lot of performances that we really, really loved and want to talk about in more detail. Um, what are we drinking as we do this? It has a little sake. It has a little... It's a... It's not a sacatini, it's a sacatine. Ooh. Sacatine. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, that really says it all. So doesn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Say no more. No. It's um it's gin and sake and pear nectar. Mm-hmm. In a family secret recipe. Oh. <laughs> so the proportions are not for sale. <laughs> uh, but it's good. It's fre- it's refreshing, but alcoholic. Yes, mm-hmm. which is our general style: refreshing but alcoholic. <laughs> That's true. That's us. Um, this is us. So we are going to start. I think I think it's safe to say that every year, almost, we are less excited about the male categories than we are the female categories when it comes to actors. We are actresexuals. Because, uh, but we've all dabbled in the acting. We, we've we've been bitten by the acting we've bug before. I think for most of us, that's our like favorite aspect of a lot of films. our favorite films. Indeed. Um, and this past year, some of our favorite performances weren't necessarily from our favorite films that we already discussed in our top tens, part one and two, which you should listen yep. to before listening to this. Yep. Um, so the way we're going to do it is we're going to pick a category and each um, sort of name our, our five nominees, as it were. And then we will pause, although you won't hear the pause. It's mm-hmm. going to be very... It's the trickery, the magic of podcasts. The magic of the cast. Um, <laughs> and have sort of a consensus choice then of a, a winner, the Cinnamunchy winner, which is a prestigious award yes, at this I point. I think this is our fourth annual. It is our wow. fourth annual Cinnamunchies. Yeah. We've been around. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've been getting a lot of like campaigning... Oh, we get lots Different of Different studios and, sending yeah. me stuff. Sure. I had a lunch the other day with um, Helen Mirren because she really wants that. <laughs> I mean, she's always doing lunches with us. It's true. I'm just checking. I just forgot the name of that. The, the, the leisure the, seeker. The leisure seeker. <laughs> so, autobiographical. Yeah. I'm just checking Twitter right now and Cinemunchies are trending. <laughs> Since we started this know podcast, that, yeah. it's true we are in our. Finery. Some of us are listening to us live. Some of you. I'm in my white and gold caftan, ready to uh, start start the party. Uh, let's start with best supporting actor. Let's do like it. Like they often do. And should I go since I'm talking? Might as well. What are who are your top five? If you had your own nominees, you were an Oscar <clears throat> voter, and your ballot of supporting actor. Yes. I would have Ray Romano, Raymond Romano, a shock of my own considering I hated him on Everybody Loves Raymond and I would never watch that show even on 
threat of death, I would choose death. <laughs> um, but he's so great in the big sick. He is funny. Mm-hmm. He is heartfelt. He has a surprising amount of pathos, I would say. Oh, sure. And he also really, really captures someone who is just trying to freaking hold it together, but is actually having a really hard time holding it together, which I think is actually more challenging than one would think. Uh, Number two is old Dickie Jenks, which for those who don't know what that means, it's Sir Richard Jenkins. Don't believe he's a sir, <laughs> well, but he, he sh- is now. He, he should, should be. That's true. Uh, in The Shape of Water. I loved how that whole movie, its cast, had characters that could have just been a simple archetype and a ty- archetype. Whoosh! Archetype. And I feel like, in particular, his is sort of like the sad, gay, lonely neighbor. But he really flushes it out. He's funny. He is sad, but not in a way that he feels self-hating. Sure. Like which I think is down. what you would usually yeah. see. Yeah, he doesn't seem like that at all. It actually is just that the world is not ready for him, as opposed to him feeling pushed down by the world. And he, I, I think that this year for me with supporting actors is like the year of the father figure. For sure. And he is sort of a father figure or best friend figure to... Sally Hawkins in that movie. Ray Romano is a dad in that movie. My number three is Willem Dafoe in The Florida Project, who is sort of the surrogate dad of everyone who lives in the hotel mm-hmm. that he operates. It is the most like lived-in, empathetic, real performance, I think, of the year. If you told me it was a documentary, I would believe it and like forget that it was Willem Dafoe, who I associate with being like... Kind of creepy. (laughs) Creepy or just like out there sort of broad. I love his work with Wes Anderson. Like I would never think I'm going to use the word naturalistic with Willem Dafoe. But he's so... I think I would have liked that movie better actually had it been focused on his character. Even more. Even more. Um, And he also has my favorite exchange or one of my favorite exchanges of the year which is when he's trying to shoo the cranes off his property. And it's... Some real good pun work, and oh, I really want that to be his Oscar clip, even though I'm sure it will not be. <laughs> um, continuing the dad tradition, my number two is Tracy Letts for Ladybird. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like empathetic, real, necessary for the film he knows just how much space to take and just how much space to seed in any given scene Mm -hmm. um there are little things like there's a little moment at the beginning when he's driving her to school and they have this talk about her trying to convince him to help her fill out um financial aid forms so she can apply to east coast schools and he agrees to it and he's being this incredibly like kind supportive dad knowing that it will piss off his wife and then Lady Bird won't let him drive her to the front of the school and says, no, I like to walk. And it's this tiny little moment that registers on his face where you see all the like sadness about that. But it's such a quick moment that I didn't even notice it till the second time I watched it. When you're like, oh, he completely knows what's going on, but he just, ugh, it's so good. It's mm-hmm. such a small, wonderful little performance that I love. 
and perfectly balances out the two women in that film. For sure. Um, and then again, continuing my continuing my daddy phase. <laughs> Gross. Uh, <laughs> I have Michael Stuhlbarg for Call Me by Your Name, and he's great in the whole movie. I think it's fascinating how he plays. There's definitely inter- an interpretation I feel like of that film that he himself is gay. Sure. But I'm not sure. And it's mm-hmm. open to interpretation, which I think speaks to his performance, right? That he mm-hmm. keeps that ambiguity there. If he made that choice for himself, he didn't make the choice to show it to the audience. Right. Or to make it explicit to the audience, I should say. And then his final monologue is a fucking gut punch. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's real good. He's really great in all of it, so I hate to say, like, it's the one scener because it's not. He's exemplary through the whole thing, but then that final scene is... I can't believe he didn't get nominated for Oscar. Oscar! You, you don't done know what you got. Mm-hmm. Fuck Woody Harrelson. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so those are my five nominees. Nathan, what was you got? Five to one or just it was, whatever? It was five to one. I kind of okay. gave away So Stuhlbarg was your one? Stuhlbarg would be my winner. Okay. I'm going to go five to one too. I will too then. My five is Gael Garcia Bernal in yes! Coco. Coco. All yes. right. Um, when I was speaking earlier about not knowing what character my number five played. Oh, because what? Yeah. <laughs> I just don't remember the names of the characters right. besides Coco. Right. Which is the grandmother. Which is like... And the, Miguel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Any any voice acting that gets me to feel that many feels mm-hmm. is a winner. Mm-hmm. Number four is Alex Sicarenu. Beautifully Sikarinua said. From God's Own Country. Sicariano. Sicariano, who is also my pick for sexiest. Sure. Um, number three <laughs> is Army Hammer from Call Me By Your Name. Also sexy. Also sexy. Yeah. Number two is not sexy, Ray Romano and the Big Sick, but so fucking good. Yeah. And number one is Michael Stuhlbarg, Call Me By Your Name. Ooh. All of the above. What Elizabeth said. Choice, choice. Uh, for supporting actor, my top five, uh, my number five is Army Hammer and Call Me By Your Name. I think that's such a difficult role. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't wait to watch the movie again just because he has to be such a, um, just the the object of lust and yeah. admiration and like curiosity for the lead character, for Elio, who it's clearly from his perspective that he's kind of a cipher for yeah. much of the film until they really start to connect. It's 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 difficult. It's deceptively difficult. It's also and interesting because I've seen a lot of like critical response to it, even from people who really really love the movie, who are like, "But Army Hammer, he's not doesn't fit in with the rest of the cast, or he doesn't." And I'm, I just feel like that's intentional. Like he is meant to agreed. be an outsider who doesn't quite fit into Elio's life. He's this weird piece that doesn't fit. Right, he, for the first half at the least, he purpose. plays like a role, <laughs> yes. like in his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a tough role. But that also, I think he's he... in the same universe. It's not the no. Universe. I agree. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I agree, but I'm yeah, just yeah, saying, yeah. like that criticism always seems a little stupid to me because that's kind of the point is that he is totes. Anyway, uh, my number four is Willem Dafoe in the Florida Project. Again, all the I echo and co-sign everything Elizabeth said, and it's. Surprising to see such a 
warm performance from Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. Props to him. My number three is Tracy Letts and Lady Bird. Love, love, love Tracy Letts so much, and it's such a great performance. I mean, literally every line reading that he delivers in it. I mean, just yeah. Twitter exists to have an audio <laughs> clip of him saying Doritos. Yes. It's so good. <clears throat> and the way he says, oh, fuck, at the dinner table when yeah. it's like found out, there, there goes my voice, but that he was helping <clears throat> with the financial aid stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, my runner-up, my number two, is Michael Stuhlbarg and Call Me By Your Name for all the reasons you've both said and that final monologue. And he's such a good actor. And it's same with Army Hammer. I think that movie is just cast so well. And yeah. like he reads as an academic who would be living yes. in Italy. Oh, my God. A hundred percent. With his family, potentially have a gay past or maybe not. Just a poor relationship who would be totally supportive in that era of his teenage son. Poor it's, relationship. Did I say poor? What? Yeah. You said poor relationship. Not sure what I meant. Sorry. This, this drink is really getting. To, hmm. I mean, it's really, like a good relationship with the son, or like a well. Or you mean really? I mean, I think like there are a couple scenes with like he and I the wife. A, I think I said warm, comma relationship. I don't know. I don't remember what I said. I'll have to rewind and really get into that. Um, and my number one is Ray Romano in The Big Sick, who I guess I did know he had it in him because I, as much as I also hated <laughs> the brief moments I saw of Everybody Loves Raymond, uh, he had Tempura! a multi-season arc on Parenthood where he was super good and played a potentially autistic or on the spectrum adult, like kind of just learning that he was maybe on the spectrum and mm. was uh, had really good chemistry with Lauren Graham. He's got equally phenomenal chemistry with Holly Hunter, and he is just oh, good. just a gem in a great film that made two of our three top tens. Those are our supporting actors. We will be back in like a flash to Una tell momento. you what Una our momento. favorite supporting actors were. And after some tabulations, our collective Cinemunchy nominees for Best Supporting Actor are Ray Romano in The Big Sick, Army Hammer, and Michael Stuhlbarg in Call Me By Your Name, William Def- Willem Dafoe in the Florida Project, Tracy Letts in Lady Bird. Runner up is Ray Romano in The Big Sick, and our winner is Michael Stuhlbarg. And call me by your name. Congratulations, Michael Stuhlbarg. You may not have gotten the Oscar nomination, but you, listen, baby, not only did you get nominated, you won the Cinemunchies. And Elizabeth just called so, you baby, so yeah, well, it's a double win. Listen, you and I are close now. <laughs> your wheel of cheese is in the mail. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, we've also decided that because we care less about men. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Well, <laughs> misandry. Um, that we would go ahead and do lead actor, and then we'll save our, all of our actress goodness. Our ladies for... Save the best for last. Yeah, who would like to start with the actors? Nathan, I'll go. go for it. Um, my number five. five is Hosh O'Connor. Josh, sorry. Josh O'Connor. For God's Own Country. For God's Own Country. <laughs> yes. Um, he was like the lead. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Just making sure I got the right one. Um, number four was Kumail Nadjiani for, for The Big Sick. Number three was Arnaud Valois. My, I'm Perfect pronunciation. fluent in French. Uh, beats per minute. Number two, Daniel Kaluuya for mm-hmm. Get Out. Mm-hmm. And number one... Hallelujah. 
<laughs> Timothée Chalamet. Mm. Call me by her name. I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, my top five were I to have a ballot. Uh, my number five is Arnaud Valois for BPM, beats per minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five. Uh, my number four is Daniel Kalaluya in Get Out. <laughs> I think that's such a hard role and it's been it's so, so hard. So easily dis- or quickly dismissed as, oh, it's just like a horror performance or something. It's not at no, all. No, no, no. Oh, we are right there with him. Especially in just using his eyes to express. Oh my god, because like he's being constantly having to take place. in stuff, show that he's uncomfortable, but also it's a type of uncomfortableness that he's lived with his whole life and he's come to expect. Right, so, so that like he wouldn't just it run away. Yes, right. because he's used to these microaggressions until it becomes not microaggressions and fucking the sunken place. Happens. Hello, My yeah. number three is Nahuel Perez Biscayart for BPM. He's unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two, my runner-up, is Jake Gyllenhaal and Stronger, which I know neither of you saw, which is too bad because, oh my fucking God, he is so, so, so strong and stronger. Apologies He's for that. He's strong and stronger? It's a, it's a strong it's performance. Is it as strong as his Boston accent? Hey, it's just fine. He is so good. I'm so upset that he did not get more traction, or that that movie didn't get more traction uh, this year. And yes, of course, he's like my number one celebrity crush, but he's also just super talented, and mm-hmm. he's so so good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Crush notwithstanding, and my number one is Timothy Chalamet or Timote Chalamet. Who, I mean, wow, that is a wow like all time performance. Yeah, like everything about that character he gets so right and there are so i a movie he was in last year so 2016 called miss stevens he also had a really great performance it stars lily rave and he's like a sort of bipolar high schooler who's recently off his meds who goes to a drama or theater competition thing with a a teacher and he gets to display a lot of range and a lot of emotions and some of those instincts as an actor I see in Call Me By Your Name, but then it's also all the more impressive that I see all of the thought process that went into really embodying this character and his upbringing, his just internalizing all of his thoughts and making that visual. His physicalization is unbelievably good. Just how he processes emotion and lust and feeling. It's 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 an all-timer. He is far and away my number one. Yeah. Um, Well, my best actor gets real, real controversial. Uh Uh-oh. So part of it is that I did not see God's Own Country or BPM, so I didn't have those actors to choose from, and I was unenthused about a lot of actors. (laughs) So I played with a little category fraud potentially but for me a movie that I really liked Mudbound the Mm. lead and emotional lead at least for me was Jason Mitchell it's fair so my number five is Jason Mitchell for Mudbound um this kid's a star he's I say this kid and I don't know how old he is but (laughs) although at this point he probably is significantly younger than me he's probably just 20 could be (laughs) um he's real real good God, I just wanted... I liked Mudbound, but I wanted the movie to be his story. Agreed. Through and through. And he's the most captivating part of it. Totes. Um, so, yeah. Number four, you know what? Army Hammer is a lead. 
it may not be his story, but he's a lead and he has a really hard job and he fucking pulls it off and he's also really real sexy. So our main number four. Number three is Daniel Kalaluya. <laughs> Which is now how I'm sorry I know it's Daniel Kaluya, but sorry Daniel, I think Kalaluya is a better description of your performance in this movie. Hallelujah. Because it all really hinges on him. Like if you did not have that center performance anchoring it, none of the movie would work. Just the scene alone where he's being sent into the sunken place the first time and he has to talk about his mother's death and then he becomes essentially like paralyzed and has to have tears just stream down his eyes. Just thinking of it from a technical standpoint, that is such a fucking hard thing to do. Yeah. He's really amazing. Um, number two is an actor who I generally think of as overrated, despite many calling him the best actor of like our lifetimes ever to exist in the history of the universe. But this is far Adam and away Sandler. Adam Sandler. <laughs> My favorite, yes, Adam Sandler. This is Daniel Day-Lewis, old Dan Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, with my favorite Daniel Day-Lewis performance ever in Phantom Thread. I think it is sensitive and small and imperious and frustrating (laughs) and funny and all of these things that I all these like little subtle layers that I do not ever expect to see in a Daniel Day-Lewis because I expect to see all the technical work and be totally detached from it and this is the most that I felt like I might just be watching Daniel (laughs) Day-Lewis in the best sense in the best sense um, and then my number one is Timothy Chalamet. I mean, you're totally right. It's it's a performance of a generation. I think so. It's so freaking hard for me. And like, I think one of the things you said, which I love, is like even the way he carries his body, he carries his body like a kid who just went through a growth spurt. Oh yeah. And doesn't know what to do with it. Whereas Timothy in real life doesn't necessarily like this seems right. like a choice. Yeah. And it's well, and especially having right just choice. watched Lady Bird, which Timothy Chalamet sure. is also. Yeah, like, yeah. He's so different. He's so, even though they could be very similar because both characters are kind of aloof mm-hmm. and kind of performatively outsidery. Yeah. But they're very, very different performances. He's a, he's a special one to watch that, Timothy. And he used to date Lourdes, Madonna's Chicana, daughter. Chicana, yeah, Madonna's yeah. daughter, which major props in my book. So that got you the gold. All right, uh, let's we'll see. Back in a flash to tabulate. And the results are in the envelope, please, Tilda Swinton. Uh, our nominees collectively were Daniel Kaluuya in Get Out, Kumail Nanjiani in The Big Sick, Timothée Chalamet in Call Me By Your Name. It's, it's Timothy. It's Timothy, it is. Uh, Arnaud Valois in BPM, Beats Per Minute, and Daniel Day-Lewis, that breakout star in Phantom Danny Thread. Boy. Uh, our number one with a bullet was Timothy Chalamet, and our runner-up was Daniel Kalaluya. Kalaluya. Mm-hmm. Those are two great choices. They are. That was my number one and number two, so. Yeah. Well, there you go. Timothy, for some reason, is unable to accept his wheel of cheese, um, we'll forward it <laughs> We'll forward it along. To, over to England to Daniel Well, Kalaluya. he's British. He has better taste in cheese by... By birth. By default. So. Yeah. It happens. Uh, should we move on into those actresses who support their films? Amen. Let's do it. I will kick us off. Um, my number five best supporting actress of 2017 is a little lady named Michelle Pfeiffer in Mother. I could watch... I mean, I want a whole movie of just yes. her 
being her in that movie. She it also delightful. She also is the only person in that movie who I felt was playing who, you know, how people have their actor secrets. Because <laughs> it's not in the script. But she's the only person who I feel like is playing an actual specific person. Like, she figured out who she was, even though she's also supposed to be an archetype and a representative type. Right. And I don't think anybody else had that sort of specificity. And I think that's why she popped, is because she felt at once like something symbolic, but also someone real. Right, because it was towing the line between being like totally just an art piece and being like, yes. we're a realistic, this is maybe an actual drama. Yes. And she was right in that wheelhouse and yep. work more often, lady. We love you. And she's just real good and I'm ready for the like five assants. The refifle. The refifle. <laughs> My number four of the year uh, supporting actress was Julianne Nicholson in Novitiate. Mm. Love her. She gets bonus points for being the coach in Itania. Yep. She's so good. Underrated actress consistently. Mm-hmm. Novitiate is full of fantastic female performances, top to bottom. But she is so good as Margaret Qualley's mother in the film. And she gets lots to chew on. The movie gives her a lot to do. And she does you know, get to be the normal, like, just supportive mother who frets about her daughter. But she adds layers to it. She is so she watchable. She always does. She was the only good thing Lover. in Black Mass, a very wretched movie. Ooh, I forgot all about that movie. Thanks I only remember me. that she was, like, because I remember, because she doesn't always get projects that deserve her. It's true. very, very good. True story. Um, my number three, which for me was a big breakout, because I have seen her in almost nothing, was Tatiana Maslany in Stronger. Because I haven't seen Orphan Black. I guess I saw her on Parks and Rec, but... She it's is so arc. good. It's such a good like two-hander, but she's definitely supporting with Jake Gyllenhaal and Stronger, and I am here for her to get lots more roles. Oh my god, she's good. My number two, Holly Hunter, the big sick. Oof. Love, love, love Holly Hunter. It is documented on this podcast that her performance <laughs> in Broadcast News is my favorite female performance ever. I mean, male or female. It's my, just my favorite screen acting performance ever. I love her so much. Gosh, Matt, I'm, I'm really happy to hear you. Holly, you're here to accept your... Well, I haven't won yet, slice but of cheese. I'm in my best dress, and I'm really hoping. <laughs> oh, Holly, bless you. You <laughs> bring such warmth. It's so great. I mean, Ray Romano was my number one supporting actor, and Holly Hunter is right up there. Though, eclipsed by my number one, I mean, besides Timothy Chalamet, probably my the best performance of the year is Lord Metcalf in mm-hmm. Lady Bird. I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's just, I mean, the script is so well-written to support that role, but she just imbues it with everything in her, her uh, relationship with Swarcy, Saoirse Ronan. It's it's pretty perfect. Yep. Um, I'll go next. I, I when this year was such a cornucopia of <laughs> great supporting actresses. My six through ten could easily be my one For through sure. five in any other year, and I would be really happy with it. Um, but my number five is also Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yes. Although I oh, no. cheated, I said it was for both mother and. Murder on the Orient Express, <laughs> a movie which I really liked. I know everybody sure. like in film Twitter hated Murder on the Orient Express and thought it was like a piece of shit, but whatever. <laughs> I like a British murder mystery. I was here for it. I love Agatha Christie. That's my version of like the Babysitter's Club. That's what I read when I was a kid. <laughs> um, 
and she like Michelle Pfeiffer wears a turban and also does a fabulous like wig removal and also sort of the like resolution of the film hinges on her performance and her sort of emotional stakes and the woman sells it because she's a goddamn fucking pro she sure is and nothing is ever contrived with her like I love you, Michelle. You are welcome at Cinemunch anytime. Mm-hmm. We don't deserve you, but we need you. Please ask someone to put you on um, Big Little Lies. Yeah. Uh, like your husband. <laughs> <laughs> My number four is but a small part, but sometimes you only need a couple great scenes. It's Betty Gabriel for Get Out. No, 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 no. no. I mean, her... She's great in every scene and is something not only unsettling because I feel like all of the the characters who are no longer really themselves, that's how I'll put it, are meant to be off and unsettling, but she somehow manages to be sad in all of them. Yeah. Instead of just being off unsettling, like the two men we meet. Mm-hmm. There's something even earlier when she's like pouring drinks and they meet in the kitchen that's just a, a little sad about her. And then you have that scene where she's <laughs> performing one thing and performing another thing at the exact same moment, which again, just on a technical level, is so freaking hard. And then the result is that it's both unsettling and heartbreaking in the same moment. And it's so phenomenal. Betty Gabriel, I hope that like your agent's phone started ringing off the hook because Girl, you real good. You real, real good. Mm-hmm. Um, number three for me is Holly Hunter. Agreed, not always the biggest Holly Hunter fan, but she is, I think she more than anybody is the heart of that film. And the fact that she's like four foot ten. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how tall she is, but she's like tiny next to Ray Romano. And that scene of when she's pissed at him and she sort of stalks around him in the hallway Mm -hmm. and you're like oh no she's fierce i think it was on um another podcast uh the blank check they talk about her that she's just a really good looker Mm. (laughs) and so much of that film is her just staring people down or like looking through them or looking at them and evaluating them it's all these moments of her just looking at other characters and she's so freaking good at it and i don't know how and I love her in that movie. And I mean, I love my real mom, but if Holly Hunter wants to be like my second mom, I'd be okay <laughs> with that. Um, my number two is Beanie Feldstein in Lady Bird. It is, I think, a harder role than you would give credit for. And she brings so much humanity and pathos and life to what could easily be a awkward sidekick or chubby sidekick role. And she exists as none of that. She has a real earnestness. You feel her passion. You feel her disappointment over and over and over. I mean, the moment when she has this triumph because she's genuinely talented, probably the most talented out of everyone who is in the play, in that (laughs) strange (laughs) production of Merrily We Go Along. (laughs) Or no, it's... Merrily We Roll Along. Merrily We Roll Along, thank you. She probably has, like, the most talent... She doesn't see it in herself, and then she sees the teacher that she has a crush on, and she's so excited that he's there, because in her head, she's probably had this fantasy that when she's finally seen for the first time in her life, she'll be seen by the person she has a crush on, and he's there with his pregnant wife, and of course, she's just a student. Yep. 
And you see her have that sad realization. There's even this like beautiful moment when they're looking at the cast list after auditions and Lady Bird is <laughs> characteristically like aggressively put out by just being in the chorus and is going on and on about herself and then sort of like scratches out her name and writes Ladybird next to it because it says Christine and she writes Ladybird and then leaves. And then because Greta Gerwig is such a like compassionate open filmmaker, you linger for a second on Beatty Feldstein who just sort of touches the cast list where her name is and the fact that she has the lead role. And it's just, oh, it's so heartbreaking. And then the finale with the two of them at prom, which means so much yeah. to me because really... It, for most of us in high school, those are the loves of our lives, are our best friends, and I love Beanie Feldstein so much in this movie. And if it weren't for my number one, she would be my number one. But my number one is Laurie Metcalf, who, I mean, much like Annette Bening was my favorite performance of any gender, any size last year. Laurie Metcalf is my favorite performance of this year. I can't even think about certain looks that she has without like bursting into tears and. Like Saoirse Ronan, she plays unlikable. Like, she's not afraid to show that... Like, neither of them are right, which is what I appreciate. Neither of them is the bad guy and the one who's constantly... They're both assholes sometimes to each other, and it's because they don't quite understand each other or they actually understand each other too well. It's this, mm -hmm. it's this constantly influx relationship, and... Laurie Metcalf is both warm and mean and understanding and nagging and deeply caring and God, I love Laurie Metcalf and I can't believe she's not going to win the Oscar because it's literally a, perfor a performance of a lifetime. It's a, it's a one of a kind performance that she will not, even if she gets more film work from this, she rarely works in film, but even if she gets more film work from this, like she's never going to have this role and this opportunity and it's just the fucking best. <laughs> Amen. Oh, Lori. Anyways, I went on a long time. Go ahead, Nathan. Supporting actress, five through one. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, my number five is Betty. No, 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 no. <laughs> Gabriel. Um, for all the reasons Elizabeth said, but but also, I think she did all of that while being totally bizarre. <laughs> yes. You know, from genre. Yeah. Yeah, and it totally it worked completely, but you still it it didn't it it just worked. Betty yeah. Gabriel better work more. Work it. Uh, number four, Bridget Everett from Patty mm -hmm. Cake. So if we're gonna talk, you know, like lower class white mother performance of the year, mm. Allison Janney, I love you, but you're dead to me in 2017. <laughs> Bridget Everett has it. Seems extreme. I don't know that we need to kill her. <laughs> we need to pit them against each other in order to honor one. Well, yes, um, we do need to do that with women. So it makes that's sense. true. Um, number three is Tiffany Haddish in Girls Trip. Nice. Which I think alone the attention she demands from the camera mm -hmm. is yes. a fucking force to behold. For sure. It's true. <laughs> Um, I also don't typically rate comedic performances highly because I don't understand them. Like, it's too... It would be very... Like, far beyond my realm of imagination to do something like that. <laughs> well, you are quite humorous. Yes. Uh, 
just but <laughs> for me she, it was a breakthrough because I don't think I had seen her really yeah no. amazing there's also if I can say and this is probably weird coming for me as a white person and I apologize but there's something sort of unapologetically black about her performance that I really respect especially the fact that it has gotten so much attention and critical attention yeah sure in a way that I think in a different time in a different movie or with a less dynamic charismatic performance they would be written off as oh that black lady yeah and she refuses to let herself be categorized in that way right while also not like not denying not denying it or like falling into like a particular type of comedic sidekick role that we have usually prescribed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. number two is holly hunter yeah, Holly. Mm-hmm. And number one's Laurie Metcalf. Yep. What are you going to say? Laurie Metcalf. It's the best so performance. Say. Well, oh. I'm sure you have no idea who our consensus winner will be, but we'll be right back. Uh, da, da, da. And we're back. Our best supporting actress finalists, Betty Gabriel in Get Out, mm-hmm. Holly Hunter in The Big Sick, mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer in Mother, yes. Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird, and one that didn't make any of our top fives, but collectively got a nomination as <laughs> uh, Leslie Manville in Phantom Thread. Uh-huh. Who fucking rules and she could wipe the floor with us and put us under the table yep. no problem don't fuck with her uh, obviously our number one was Laurie Metcalf because she was with a bullet fucking she baller real real good uh, she was hella tight <laughs> that's true <laughs> hella tight um, and if you don't know what that's from fuck you why are you even listening to us <laughs> Because you clearly don't like movies. I really like this new like persona that we're all just really hostile to. Um, yeah, I bet our, our listeners love it too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have get the big to guns the, to the main event. Best actress. Best actress. This Place year was to be. Really competitive. It was. Uh, but I'll start us off. My number five, Aubrey Plaza, Ingrid Goes West. Nice. <laughs> it is a bananas performance that Tis. could easily spiral into a place where she no longer feels like a real person, and instead it seems like a very real, deeply uncomfortable portrayal of a person suffering from mental illness. Yeah. yeah. Um, Damaged. Yes. Fundamentally, deeply, severely while also still being funny and yeah she's while also still like leading a film that's fairly light and yes, comedic and yes yeah sarcastic it's a it's yeah. a tricky tightrope to balance on and Aubrey plaza does a hell of a job so she is my number five uh number four is vicky creeps right creeps and on up She's creeping onto my list. Uh, she's fucking fantastic. And if you want to hear more about it, just hear Nathan talk about the Phantom Thread on our countdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is so unexpected. <laughs> and from the first scene, she seems like she's just going to be this kind of quiet, mousy girl. Like supportive, yeah. And she ends up being not that at all but in a way that also feels genuine to that she is sort of shy and she is sort of unsure of what she where of what she wants her life to be and where she wants it to take her but that she is also this energetic woman who's excited about the potential and has her own opinions and isn't going to sacrifice them and isn't going to kowtow to this difficult man she's fallen in love with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she goes and picks mushrooms and she's real real great <laughs> and she butters her toast extremely loudly and she's my goddamn hero 
She's a treasure. Um, I like to say that I see myself in old Vicky Creeps. <laughs> Your old so-and-so. <laughs> My old so-and-so. Number three for me is Sally Hawkins. I just think it's an incredible performance, especially when you consider that almost entirely, except for one scene, it is in sign language, um, which I also love, and I love the visibility of signing, which, you know, disability representation matters too, and it's also just a really beautiful language. Uh, but the scope of emotion that she's able to show, and again, the fact that she never plays it as a damaged person. Yeah. Um, she's a person who feels deeply, she, like I said, in the top ten, she has sexual wants and needs. She, when she meets someone she likes, she, like, comes into her own in a way that a lot of women, like, blossom and feel sexually confident. And, oh, she real good. She real good. Um, number two, not unlike my number two, an actor is um, a person who I sometimes think is a little overrated. And the fact that people nominate her basically for, like, taking a shit on the toilet <laughs> confuses me. But god damn Meryl Streep in the post. She's so phenomenal. She makes that entire arc work. Part of it is the film she's in, which like the kind of more performative flutters and shows and ticks that Meryl Streep is prone to really works in the sort of like classic film making that Steven Spielberg is doing. So it's definitely the marriage of artist to artist. Yep. Uh but, oh boy, I'm telling you, when I have a bad day, I'm just going to watch that phone call scene. She does so much with so little in that moment while telling an entire story with just her face and the way she delivers one line. This is this is why I, I was like, right, this is why Meryl Streep is yes, Meryl, Meryl Streep. Yep. She still shouldn't have been nominated like many of the past few years, but I'm real glad she got nominated for The Post, my number two. And I mean, number one, shock of shocks, Lady Bird herself, Saoirse Ronan. What? As I spoke about a little bit on the top ten, it's such a hard performance. It really is, I feel like, the female mirror image of Timothy Chalamet and that it's coming of age. It's a character who is sometimes unlikable. It is a character who is at once both extremely self-assured and doesn't know herself at all. And deeply insecure. And deeply insecure, yeah. which is an incredibly challenging thing to pull off. And she also is really fucking funny. Oh, yeah. But she never is playing a beat to be funny. Like, she's not like, oh, this is a funny line, so I'm going to deliver it to get a laugh. Yeah, oh, no, no. She's finding the truth behind it coming from a character place, and then it's funny because of the way it's scripted and because we recognize it. And I think that's never better, like, showcase than in her audition with everybody says don't. <laughs> the way the music starts and she shifts her body and the she sings the song. It's so <laughs> funny that you could see being in like a broad teen comedy except for I don't feel like Saoirse made that choice because she was like it's gonna be funny when I do this. She's making the choice because that's how Lady Bird would perform it because again it's this character who is both deeply overconfident and deeply insecure at the same time yeah. searching for who she is and so that's how she would perform it and so she does it but it also manages to be so funny in that moment and there are just those moments across the entire film and it's a breathtaking performance and if it weren't for her on 
on-screen mama, it would be my favorite performance of the year, any category, any gender. Mm-hmm. Those are my top five actresses. Is what it, you got? Is it's it me? to you, your, your fave ladies. My fave ladies, my fair ladies. Number five. Audrey Hepburn. Speaking of fair, Kristen Stewart mm. in the ghostly pale personal shopper. Um, that has nothing to do with anything. I was trying to make a thing out of the fair lady. <laughs> uh, she She's continues to surprise me. Yeah. And I love her, and I'm excited to see anything she does. Yep. Uh, number four, Aubrey Plaza. Speaking of surprising, mm-hmm. I always love her, but didn't know she could be so empathetic, I guess. Like, be, yeah. you know. I didn't know she had that range, mm-hmm. even if the character is crazy and kind of like exists on this pretty specific frequency. Yeah. She's still relatable. Also, you guys, she was really good in the TV show Legion. Oh. I've heard. Um, Number three, Margot Robbie. Again, Mm. surprising me because in the past I haven't been able to recognize her from anyone. (laughs) You do have face blindness, particularly with blonde. She's blonde, white, of a certain age, meaning like younger than Mm -hmm. what people usually... Anyway. Um, <laughs> amazing. Love the the scene in the mirror. Is mm-hmm. masterful. I think. Number two, Sirsha. Also masterwork. How dare you? Masterwork. How dare you put it in number two? <laughs> <laughs> um, and number one, all of these performances are amazing, by the way. But number one is Vicky, crepes, crepes, crops. <laughs> Crepes, 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 crepes. She, she crepes. crept her way all the way to the top. She is magic on the screen. Yeah. She's a movie star, not in a like glamorous way, but like celluloid was made for her, even if it's now ones and zeros or whatever. I don't get. I don't get the technology, but well, I love her. I'm pretty her. sure that Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> shoots on film, so yeah, actually. <laughs> In fact, I know it is, because I paid full price at Alma Draft House and didn't take Movie Pass because it was the, like, 70 millimeter version. Well, she's a damn piece of magic. (laughs) Ain't she, though? Ain't she? And just brief shout-out to all of our, like, 6 through 10s and all of our categories, which were less less of the consensus. Uh, My fave leading ladies of the year, my number five was Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water. Ditto and cosign everything that Elizabeth said. I love Sally Hawkins so much yes happy go lucky blue jasmine she's so great but shape of water she really gets to chew on a lot and and i feel like she's always an actress who tells so much of the story with just her body language sure and her face and this is one that was really like okay tell it with your body language and face and it played perfectly to what is already an asset for her and she showed such great just history of relationships with richard jenkins and octavia spencer (laughs) Without being able to convey that through, like, dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to you, Sally Hawkins. I love you. My number four is Jennifer Lawrence and Mother, actually. Um, I like Jennifer Lawrence quite a bit. I yeah. Think she's a, a good actress. I think overrated, she's often certainly. miscast, but it's not yes. her fault. I think yeah, she's yeah. often doing her best when she's grossly miscasted. Agreed. Miscast. But, uh... <laughs> miscasted uh i don't i don't know there was something about her and mother that just it worked for for me i think she 
is right on the, I mean, maybe because she was dating Aronofsky at the time or right after, but she's right on the wavelength of the movie, and I think she's super effective, and it would not work half as well as it maybe does or doesn't without her. My number three is Miss Cripes, the Belle of Luxembourg. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that's true. That is her royal title. (laughs) Um, What a find. Holy shit. I mean, I know she's probably done a a few other things before this, but... Actually, apparently, she's in the movie Hannah. Oh, really? Where she plays, like, Saoirse Ronan's mom at the beginning. Ooh. Which is funny. It would be interesting, because I feel like I've never seen her once before in my life. No, But I will never not unsee her in how fucking great she was in this movie. And to go toe-to-toe with Daniel Day-Lewis in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie in this role that is... The movie is basically hers. She's the heart of the movie. She owns this movie so quietly, too. It's... Mm -hmm. uh, It is a treasure. Such a treat. My number two... Sorry about it, Briz. Swarcy. Saoirse Ronan is my number two. Fuck you! As we've already mentioned, she is just phenomenal. It's such a difficult role. She And the best of the year. Yeah, it's right up there. She'll probably well, collectively be our number one. But uh, just narrowly being edged out for me by Meryl Streep in the post. I'm yeah. such a Meryl apologist. I know that usually, but hey, she's she was given so many opportunities to give in to some of her worst instincts or impulses working with steven spielberg arguably for the first time i know she was in ai but not really working with tom hanks for the first time it could have been big with a capital playing important woman right important woman the movie is about her let's make this movie quick and it is to her credit that she makes that movie sing with how much she can recede into the background or like you know be overtaken by the men in the room but yeah. still be a powerful presence and once again it's, it's all one about of her, her quietest performances not unlike old dan lewis right yeah, yeah, yeah. both of them are like He's... what if just for fun this year i played a real i person? did a little less what if right. i did a little less and went a little more what human if it's not all about me yeah yeah, so yeah. that that meryl lady she was my my gold Let's tally it up and Ooh, be I'm right with curious. you. And to finish us off, our collective leading ladies, Cinemunchies, uh, nominees were Saoirse Ronan in Lady Bird, Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water, Meryl Streep in The Post, Margot Robbie in I, Tanya, all Oscar nominated, uh, Vicky Kripes in Phantom Thread, and with a tie, Aubrey Plaza for Ingrid Goes West got in there as well, so we had six nominees, but our clear winner... Was Saoirse Ronan in Thank Lady Bird? God, but Christine McPherson herself. Should she be unable to accept it for whatever reason, because she and Timothy Chalamet like actually get real Oscars or something like that, and suddenly decide that they're too cool for Cinna Munchies, we will be sending our runner-up to Vicky Kreitz. Yes, to Luxembourg itself. To Luxembourg, <laughs> she will have some American cheese sent to Luxembourg. Uh, but yeah, there's some other like performance stuff that um, we we gotta finalize and figure out. They'll be on yeah. our post that accompanies this podcast. Yeah, um, and then we'll have an additional post with our favorite scenes of the year, which most importantly for Cinemunch will include all of our favorite food and drink moments of the year, of which there were many last yes. year. It was a good year for food and drink on film. Uh, if you haven't already, which you should have, listened to our part one and part two best of the year top tens. But yeah, thanks for listening. And until next year, toodaloo. Ciao. Cheerio.